When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog In Saudi This is your friend of Veronica I am in your brain now And I am here to tell you Even though I'm not here I will listen to your every thought and make embarrassing remarks about what your darkest secrets are in public. This is a threat. Just in case you decide to forget about me. Now, I'm not here today because I am in Betazet dealing with hard diplomatic negotiations we're trying to decide the level of telepathic invasion in the World Wide Web. And we're also talking about best glittery necklaces, because we all wear them. Well, have a good episode, my tether. And remember, I will forever be in your thoughts. So don't think crap about me. Oh, was that weird? <laughs> You're looking at me weird. Can, is it you're looking at me because you can hear me? Oh, I gotta go. It's Yeah, it's the police. It's the police. They're looking for me. I am not a diplomat. I am a runaway Berazade. Hey, stop! Oh, no. You there. Oh, no. We're oh. Berazade men. Oh, I, I, we I, talk I, like this. I, 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 We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you and we're gonna tickle you. That's what we do, one better than. I'm hiding behind a trash can. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? She wouldn't hide behind a trash can. We never do that here. No, she wouldn't. Wait, she's telepathically telling us stuff still. I missed it. Oh no! I shouldn't have telepathically. God, you can't help yourself, can you, better than woman? Posing as a diplomat. Get over here! Get ready to be tickled. That's right, Me Too hasn't reached here yet. No, I can't stand the tickles. I will kick you in the face. Oh! <laughs> Bye, guys. Have fun without me. I'll miss you. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I'm mostly a DJ. So I guess like my thing is like I just feel the music in my heart. <laughs> Nice guys never scare me? 
Well, you, you're alone in that, sir. All right. All right. Welcome to the Drive Time Radio Show. This is Trex in the City with your Drive Time Trex podcast recap show. We've got Alice Wetterlin in the studio. What up? It's just me alone. That's right. Nobody else showed up because I've sexually harassed everyone in my studio. I'm running the controls. I'm making the coffee. And I can do it all. Yeah, that's right. Drive time. Strike the city. Please, somebody stop me from ruining my life. All right, guys. It's Alice Wetterland once again alone. Not alone. I have a guest here. Who's feeling othered by my constant insistence that I'm alone? Um, but Veronica again is away, and she's working on a show, and I'm happy for her. It's not complicating our friendship. It's not something that I'm you know, I'm willing to talk about it. If you guys want to talk about, it, I'm, I can talk about it. Not a big deal. She's just working, and I'm not a big deal. <laughs> um, but today in the studio, I'm very excited to have Travis McElroy. Hi. Oh, my God. The heir to the podcasting dynasty. Yes. That is how I like um, to think of Travis it. Travis yes. McElroy. The McElroy fortune. Yeah. Oh, the grand <laughs> the grand and or vast McElroy fortune. Welcome. Um, so can you tell me a little... Uh, this is about... We don't know each other, right? The, this is correct. Okay. I've just met you. Yes. This is crazy. This but here's my number. Oh my! So call me maybe. Okay, I'm going to. Okay. I'm. It's not even a maybe. Oh, that's nice. Um, I'm gonna be like a like one of those automated Chinese p- things that you call it pick up, and it's like, oh, hey. I get so many of those. I have no idea how my number got on it, but I get constant like, I'd like to talk to you about health insurance. Yeah. Like, no. Uh, and it's obviously a robot, but I'm like, if it was a person. Um, so Travis, uh-huh. you run three podcasts. I run, mm, well, depends on how you want to count them. Cause I do my brother, my brother meet the adventure zone and schmanners and trends like these all on maximum fun and adventure zone is every two weeks, but the other three are every week. And then I do a Holy doctor who rewatch podcast called run a doctor who fan cast. And that's every week. And then I do a show with my brothers called The McRoy Brothers Will Be in Trolls 2, where we're trying to get in the animated movie Trolls 2. And that I auditioned is, for Trolls 2. We're, oh, we're going to talk about this. Maybe off mic. We might have you on the show. <laughs> um, and so that is uh, sporadically. That's whenever we think of it. And then there's a show called uh, Till Death Do Us Blart, where once a year, we put out one episode a year. And every American Thanksgiving, we watch and review Paul Bart Cop 2 for the rest of our lives. And then we've already designated who will take over for us when we die. And so the show will continue on in perpetuity forever. Um, and then I do a show called Surprisingly Nice with uh, my friend Hal Loveland, where uh, we talk to celebrities and guests and people we're fans of. And um, we use it as a fundraiser for a charity of the guest's choice. Mm. Um, and then... I have a bunch of other shows. Well, I have one other show, I guess. I have a bunch of other shows that I used to do that are still running that like I founded and then I had to leave. Wow. And then I uh, do a show with my wife uh, called The Kind of Rewind, but we haven't put out an episode of that in like four months. So so I'm tired mm-hmm. with all that you do. That's fair. It's, I'm also tired. This is also in three days, my sixth uh, podcast guesting and like 12th scheduled event in three yeah, days. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I bet. And I, you did I you come? Stuff. Did you come with a car 
or anything? That's what I need to know. For Did some I drive reason. here? I need to yeah, know yeah. I rented a car driving. when I landed here. What is my whole issue? I don't know, but it's nice to meet <laughs> I'm you. I'm really, really enjoying this. I, so, have you listened to our show before? or No. Oh well, uh, you don't have to have uh, listened. You don't have to have listened. No, I haven't. That's okay. Um, so we don't do uh, um, guests on the show who haven't listened. So I'm going to ask you to go. Okay, bye. Um, well, I've got to head to LA. Thank you so much for. <laughs> That's and that's how we find out. We wait till they're here uh-huh. and then we ask. You know, and people have suggested other kinds of ways of doing it. No, but um, that's it's your way of doing it. It is, you know, or the other highway. Podcasts will ask first. We we have our own way of doing no, things. You know what I mean? This is your creative process. Um, what I was supposed to ask you because I'm Veronica is my co-host. She's normally here. She sits here or here, and I and I just am with her and 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 she's not here today. <laughs> um, and it sounds like I'm making her up, but I'm not. Well. Uh, uh, she's adorable and wonderful, and she's is she working here on now? Sh- Can you see her? I am. I sense that you're implying she's imaginary. What? No, I would never. I hear you. Uh huh. And she's so wonderful that it's possible that maybe everybody imagined. Yeah, her it's into, a collective like she, yeah, imagination. Like she yeah. wasn't born; she just accumulated. Mm-hmm. You know, out I of get imagination. I understand of people, but she is working on a show called Strange Angel on CBS All Access. Nope. <laughs> I have a <laughs> soundboard that I use improperly. And uh, and so she's been working so hard on that, and so she hasn't been here for a couple uh, showsies. But um, what we do is we watch an episode of Star Trek from the from TNG with a guest, not with a guest. You've already watched it. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Why am I so nervous? Listen, I'm just people. Well, I'm, yes, well, I'm, I'm podcast so royalty. Wow, but it's a McElroy. I'm here. just people. It's I'm fine. Just, I feel like I gotta. Whew, okay, I'm just gonna calm down, Alice. He's just a podcast royalty. No big deal. I'm looking forward to this for weeks. I will tell you, I can make or break your show. Oh, I'm just saying. One word for me. That's not true. My God, true Travis, please, Travis, please. I will. I've lost the use of L's. Oh, they're back. I will make your show. Don't worry. Thank you so. I much. don't know. I might break it on accident. Oh no! I'm not not on purpose. It is fragile. But like, I might say something on the show, and like everyone's like, "Oh no, I hate those." We have no recurring segments, so okay. people are very disloyal. Because oh, they don't, great. there's nothing to come back for. They're like, what's even going to happen? Sometimes the guests don't watch the show. Um, I did watch it. I did watch it. Don't even did? worry. Yes. Okay. I'm really glad you watched it. This is the one with like, you know, like the, the lightsabers and the Ewoks and stuff, right? Oh, uh, oh, you've watched Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, That's what's not this? What, no. Oh, no. <laughs> also, it's funny to imagine that you just thought an entire movie was one episode of television. Yeah. Um, and I just kept screaming, where's like, Data? You're like, so long. Um, uh, have you ever watched Star Trek before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Very much so. I grew up, uh, my dad is a huge Star Trek fan. So, like, I grew up watching Next Generation. Um, and I have watched, like, the first two or three seasons of Deep Space Nine. I'm kind of slowly working my way through it. I, because of the age I am and when it aired, I have seen every episode mm-hmm. of Star Trek Voyager. Um, and oh. I watched uh, Enterprise, and I've seen all the movies, and you've seen I've all the movies, seen all the movies, including the new, including the new ones. What do you think of those? Um, I think that they are a, a vastly different Star Trek, mm-hmm. but I think that they may be so. Like one of my favorite 
uh, pop culture properties is Doctor Who. Yes. And on Run, we've been watching both the uh, like the new, you know, from right. Eccleston on, and we also have gone back and watched mm-hmm. the classic series, and they are very different. But I can see how the reboot was perfect to get a new generation of people interested mm-hmm. in it, and I can see where. You know, like there's a 10 year old who went and saw the Star Trek movies who was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And I was like, oh, do you like that? And what about this? And oh, look at this. And who are these people? And, you yeah. know, like get them interested. I think As it was they a get good more in. sophisticated. Yeah. I don't think it was made for people who like grew up thinking like this is what Captain Kirk is and this is what Spock yeah. is. Because those people will go see it and like, that's not Captain Kirk. That's right. not Spock. That's the problem. I mean, yeah, it's like not if, to me. It's like it feels like Star Trek flavored. Yeah, you know, which, uh, from my point of view, is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like it's just not. It's not for mm-hmm. people who are already like diehard fans of Star Trek. It's for people who have never had an interest in Star Trek before, yeah. and this might be their in. That's it was Veronica's in. Yeah, that's same. what she first saw, and that's why we have this podcast in a way. So it d- it did help us. So there you go. I have to stop yelling about it on the street i will say the one that i I have a friend who uh got his degree in like astrophysics and like he liked he and he's a huge fan of star trek and after the movies his whole thing was just like but that wouldn't but the ship would break apart the ship would break apart and like there was and and i was like yeah 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 no you're right and like the i think it's in the second movie where they like take like take off out of water and he's right. like no nope. that wouldn't work no nope. <laughs> he was just yeah. very like baffled by the science of it which i think as star trek fans like you've learned to a suspend disbelief but also they did enough work to make like the techno babble different from yeah. science so that like they're like well that's a different kind of science it's sciency you know, adjacent, so it's not like based on real physics and then extrapolated so that uh, the things that wouldn't happen according to the laws of physics. So it's like, you know, dilithium. Like, well, that we don't know what that is. Right. You know, we don't know but, it. But what they do really well, and I thought this watching this episode too, mm-hmm. is what Star Trek has done really well. Is yeah, it's completely made up mm-hmm. fake science, mm-hmm. but they kind of stick to it. Yeah. So it's like, this is how, you know, the antimatter interacts with the crystals. Yes, yeah. And then that's always how the antimatter interacts with the crystals. Right. You know what I mean? There's one part specifically, I remember my friend being uh, very frustrated by, and I am too, is that they talk about in the, I think it's the first Star Trek, the new one where he's like, they say like, if, if we enter the atmosphere, the ship is going to break apart. And mm-hmm. then they're able to like kickstart the engines and get it going again. But you see it like rising out of clouds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it was in the atmosphere. Yeah. So what you're saying is it was in because the, there are clouds not in space, but in the atmosphere. So if it's in a cloud, then you are just wrong. But they do have space clouds. Well, I got there it is. It's the space. One clouds, of our favorite um, images that we've just conjured up out of nothing is is Worf on the bridge, like and on the bridge, but on ten forward, like looking out, doesn't need to be worth anybody looking out, and it's like singing in like that song, like um, some sad song is playing, and he's it's raining <laughs> in space. <laughs> I, I know, did like it that. That's me, really right? good. Yeah. Uh, and as like a tear rolls down yeah, Wolf's cheek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, I forget what song we were, like. What's that song? Making my way downtown. Vanessa Carlton. Vanessa Carlton. Alternately, are we clear for a thousand miles? I think it's called. Thousand. 
and then um, we should change it to a hundred miles for copyright purposes. Okay, there so we it's a hundred miles. And I it's would Vanessa Barlton. hundred meters. <laughs> I would. I would jog. We have to change every other. Word. There we go. Perfect. Um, you would jog. <laughs> you would jog. Okay, and then I it's guess. Like, you would jog six thousand meters. Okay. And then we've song. changed the song entirely. It's perfect. We, yeah. So um, I uh, don't know what I was about to say, and it Great. seemed like I was really approaching it with purpose. I yeah. wrote something down. You on picked a, up your pen I, and oh, you went to your notes. I remember what it was. <laughs> okay. Because I was going to ask you if you've seen Discovery. Which oh, I watched the first like the what was the pilot episode, right? And I was like, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. And then um, I lost track of it because I have a baby and I haven't had time to watch <gasps> anything at all. Is your baby here? N- no. <laughs> no, she's back in Ohio. I'm very excited to go mm. back and see her. But I do intend to get back into it because one of the things I discovered about Discovery, <laughs> I watched the pilot and I thought, okay, this is good. And then I, thank you. This is a bit of a spoiler, but at the end of the pilot, mm-hmm. there's like almost a complete reset, like mm-hmm. of the cast and the mm-hmm. story. And I was like, wait, hold, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, what's going on? But from all the sources I have heard and read, it's really, really good. Yes. So I am looking forward to yes. watching it. And spoiler alert, a lot of the same people you start to see. So it's not like they just disappear from it's just forever. it's just an interesting kind of take it on like is. all this is is getting to know this character yeah and it's like oh that i i really like the idea just kind of took me a second to get into yeah um but yeah it's i have so nothing against it i haven't yeah. not watched it because i don't want to yeah. it's because i keep like how, looking for opportunities how old is your baby she is uh now about 19 months mm. yeah so she's like running around and Getting into trouble and hijinks. Speaking in gobbledygook still, but yeah, she's real close to talking. Sentences of like she understands things. Yeah, like she understands the words. Like Mm -hmm. if I say like "Where is this?" she'll like go get it Mm -hmm. and bring it to me. Yeah, but um, if I look at her, she'll point to like you know her cup, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, "Oh, what do you want?" And she just like points harder, and I'm like, "Yeah, "Yeah, but you have to say it." And she gives me this look like, "You know what? Just give it to me." Yeah, I'm not gonna ask for it. What do you think this is? Do you? What's your? What was your first word? That's a really good question. I think it was uh, probably some f- sort of food, cookie, yes. Cheerio, something like that. Asking for something I wanted. Mine was too. A lot of people's first word is dada because they can say. Here's the da. thing. Here's the here's that's the primordial word. What I have learned is I think that there's a misconception about first word because mm-hmm. like my baby at like nine or ten months or something said like daddy. Yeah. Right? But like. She didn't know what she was saying. She was not like referring to me. Right. She was just making sounds and yeah. stringing sounds together in a yeah. way that she had heard. And it, I think. Because you prefer father. I, I actually prefer Mr. McElroy. Okay. Um, right. But yeah. she has since said the word more mm-hmm. and like meant it. Where mm-hmm. like she, she has eaten everything in front of her and said, said more. more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. that So I consider more to be her first word because yeah. it is like a, a word she has said with intention to, like right I and it's and more. like that's the thing and so an like now she knows where like candy and cookies are in the cabinets and so she'll just walk over the cabinet and point to it and say more oh <laughs> like, that's awesome all right well <laughs> can't say no to that here's a cookie. so great um my first word is juice nice. so uh we'll get into the episode now i am this was a bit of a stinker I don't know how you, you feel didn't like about the episode it. no i oh, thought it was, i really enjoyed the you episode you did well tell me yes. tell me why Okay, one, I my favorite character, maybe in all of Star Trek, but definitely in Next Gen, is Data. 
Mine too. And, and I think a lot of people share that. And I think that this is a very interesting data episode uh, for me because it's you didn't think so? I did think so, but there's some things that he did that I find annoying, some characteristics that they give him that it feels like... So often data is supposed to be the com- comedic relief, you yeah. know? And he's supposed to be doing things like the Chinese finger trap or whatever, and it's like, <laughs> he does, he's this amazing supercomputer, but he can't get out of the Chinese finger trap. That was in another episode. And like then he does that thing with when he's trying to out-strategize uh, Riker later on, when he's like, to, he knew, but you didn't know. Okay, I'll find it. Yes, that's the thing, is because we are still in second season, right? They are still put... So it's something that always... So one of the things I always think about when I think about the original series is like these like musical stingers as they went to commercial break of like oh, Kirk yeah. kind of like rolling his eyes or like mm-hmm. bones like glaring at Spock because mm-hmm. Spock has just said something so Vulcan. Yeah. And I think that they were trying to do that yes. a lot in the first two seasons. In the first two seasons. And, yeah. and it wasn't until later seasons where they were like, well, what if these characters were just like real people and not like caricatures or yes. cartoon characters? Like the number of times in this episode, the Picard keeps referring to Riker and saying like, he's the best. And I was like, <laughs> that's such a weird way to say that. And like, like the number of times they give Riker <laughs> these say, like smirky like yeah, yeah. <gasps> it's perfect and it's like it's gr- yeah it's, it's, and so it is a perfect setup real. to undo all of those rules that they've made right. in in the later seasons which is great because Riker becomes like this like real idiot sometimes yeah and they start to lean into the 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 other like the Joey esque parts of his character which is great um, but I feel like what I like about Data in this episode is we, the viewer, are saying, like, wow, he's behaving so human. Yeah. And, like, that is interesting to me. But I I, I will say, watching it, I was, like, with a couple little, like, writing tweaks, mm-hmm. I think that that moment, because what frustrated me is he never had a moment where someone said to him, you know, you know the feeling you're feeling right now? Mm-hmm. That is what we feel all the time. Yeah. Like when we, I kept waiting. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Right? When Picard went so, in, I was waiting for Picard to say like, hey, you know that feeling of doubt you have where you might make a mistake? That yeah. is literally what I, the captain, live with all the time. And that's not what happened. It's not what so, happened. So, okay, let's just preface for the, because the listeners often just don't watch the episodes and listen to us talk about them. So the, in this episode, um, uh, you can help me summarize this. It's really helpful to me. They, they're going to do a war game because they're scared of the Borg. Yes. So the Borg, uh, freaked everybody out in the, in the, um, Federation. So they decided to, uh, like outsource the job of planning this like fake attack, uh, strategy yeah, they thing. they brought that dude in. And here's the thing that they, I don't think they, one of my favorite uh, notes that a director used to give at the Shakespeare company I worked at mm-hmm. was like, hang a lantern on it, where it's like, just just make that point a little bit more important, you know? So mm-hmm. like, there would be a line that someone was kind of like, you know, just running over and he was like, hang a lantern on that. That's a very really important point that mm-hmm. the audience has to get. And I feel like they didn't hang a lantern on the idea of like, this is the first like battle exercise the Federation has done. Right. Because before this, they were just exploration and now they need to prepare. And it's like, oh, but also at the same time, I'm looking at going, wait, hold on. What about the, oh, what's the name of the Kobayashi Maru? Like, isn't that 
a war exercise that like yes that like Kurt did long before the anyway they all did them at the academy too right. for some reason and then and then uh, Picard is talking about it. he's like well not a military organization it's like well then why is the academy so and why do you have photon you, torpedoes yeah and why do you have photon torpedoes and why are there like fighter jets like Wesley's doing like a fighter jet thing and then that's when that later spoiler alert episode where he fucks up but um. So they hire this gay villain to come aboard the ship and be like very, very, very fabulously uh, neurotic. And he it's, does this tropey thing that I do not care for where it's like, I don't care for this. He seems brash. Or he makes jokes so he can't be a good captain. It's, and it's like, who the fuck are you? It's so crazy. So let's hear a little bit from this guy because he is incredibly like... So the the whole um, hubbub aboard is that he's supposed to be like a part of this species that I forget the name of them, but they're very good at war and they're very good at strategizing everything. And all they do is plan wars, I guess. And then everybody is afraid to challenge them to war because they're the best. And then this is the guy. I prefer brains over brawn as well. I think it's a waste of effort to test right our combat there. skills. It's a minor province in the makeup of a starship captain. Your objection is noted. Yeah. Let us hope that your distaste for the exercise will not affect your strategic abilities. Yeah. So Mr. he's super cloying. Kolrami. Yeah. It's the Kolrami. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the Kolrami salad, and he's extremely... Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have... A terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. and very like just bitchy to the max like he's so catty at a certain point he walks away from somebody with his finger in the air like mm-hmm. and he like, literally like the thing he says the most in the whole episode is just like mm-hmm. yeah I know mm-hmm. and, it, and is, it is very coded as like it's very coded yeah. and, and so frustrating because at the beginning of the episode everybody's already questioning his abilities because of the way he is right and it's like okay fine so in a normal episode of of TNG where I the the quality I've come to expect from my fandom is that at the end they show that he is really good at right. it. Right. But the whole thing is that no he's not. At yeah. the end he is a dumbass and he mis he underestimates Riker, he underestimates everybody and everything gets fucked up. So uh it that- is th- that's what I don't understand is like I I was also expecting the same thing mm-hmm. of like well at the end the reason he was challenging them this way is what he was really looking at was yeah. this. And, the, and it's like, it's no. exactly No, it's like they set up a misdirect and then didn't go. Yeah. They just went direct. <laughs> like instead of, like I was saying, like maybe it's like, it feels like sometimes they hired a writing staff to write the first half of the episode and then completely switched. 
and like did like an exquisite corpse and had somebody write the second half of well, the Well, I, I don't. I think it's just first season. But yeah. you run into like the Roddenberry, mm-hmm. like pro, you know about like his ideas and stuff. For yeah. The first, where it was like he doesn't want there to be any conflict. Well, it was also like so he had written all of these Twilight Zone episodes yeah. that got like turned down, mm-hmm. and so he recycled them for the yeah. first season of Star Trek. Oh, it was Next his, Gen. Okay. Yeah. So they just took these I didn't like know that. It, these amazing. really weird like Twilight Zone episodes and made them. Star Trek episode, mm-hmm. which is like a lot. I think where like Q came from and yeah. stuff. Like, but so this very much feels like okay. Here is my. I can't stress enough. I did like this episode, but here mm-hmm. was my big problem with mm-hmm. it. The whole setup, right, is that Riker is being offloaded onto an eighty-year-old starship, which already is like that doesn't seem fair <laughs> to then compete in this simulated war game against mm-hmm. the Enterprise. Yes. So Riker. The the test is not for the Enterprise, but rather for Riker and yeah. the crew he takes of how well they can improvise to face a villain more powerful than them, right. like the Borg. And so the idea being they have 48 hours to fix up this derelict um, <laughs> 80-year-old like Federation starship that's just floating, floating in space. Floating around in space. And then they are going to fight each other. <laughs> but that's like the whole buildup of the episode, yes. right? And then, spoiler alert, at the end... They do that for about five minutes. Oh my god! But we never, they never, they don't finish the fight because a Ferengi ship shows up. And I'm like, you've set up this whole duel. You gave me like literally, Riker makes like two moves, Picard makes one. Yeah, and then you don't deliver the result of At the all. thing. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, who who won? Yeah, like this, the whole. The whole episode is about like competing, yeah, and like what that means and like how to win, and they don't it's deliver like they the thing they promise. They couldn't pit them against each other. The two characters that are supposed to be aligned with each other, right? They couldn't figure out how to like make that okay, so they just didn't. What it so remi- they just made them team up against the Ferengi. What it reminds me of is in Fast and the Furious. Now, <laughs> everybody in Fast and the Furious has in their contracts that they don't lose fights. Like, even, like, the comedic people. And it started when uh, The Rock... I think it started with Vin Diesel and, like, The Rock um, came on and he added it. So there's... uh, I think it's in Fast and the Furious 7 where The Rock and Vin Diesel are fighting. But they both have in their contracts that they can't lose fights. So they kind of both punch each other at the same time and, like, go flying backwards. And then people hold them back to stop the fight. So it's a tie. And it really feels like that where they were writing, like, well, Riker can't beat Picard. Like, if he beats Picard, like, Picard is supposed to be this, like, infallible badass captain, mm-hmm. so he can't beat Picard. But then we're building up this whole time how Riker is the best, and the he's best. great, so it'd be weird if Picard, like, hands him his ass. And so it's like, okay, so, oh, we'll have another person show up, and then they work together, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, but, like, you've promised me mm-hmm. this competition the whole time, mm-hmm. That's and, like, the first 35 minutes yeah. of the 42-minute episode are build up to yeah. it. And then it's over in thirty seconds. And then the, the and then the weird B plot is about this game, Stratagema, that, that the Kohlrabi is very good at. And I couldn't figure out what do you think the word Stratagema is referring to? Str- it's it's like literally like gem- they took the word strategy game <gasps> and then just oh like my god, mix- strategy game. It's just strategy game, and they mix up the letters. Strategy game, yeah. Because I was thinking. I'm going strategy, strategy. I can't. It's a strategy gem? game. I think it's just gem? because it's like or if is you it took stra- why, like a Stratocaster. It's no, like a I weird portmanteau of strategy game. I was doing a bit where I didn't understand it. Oh, I see. But <laughs> that was the bit. I get it. Okay. I will say. Let me ask you this. 
for real, this is no bit. <laughs> what do you think that game is? Thank you. Because, okay, the game is supposed to be this, like, I'm assuming it's like chess, like a strategy game yeah. where you're thinking 20 moves ahead. So then you go see it and it is fucking Pong. Yeah, right. It's Pong. It's like three. So there's it's, like three screens well, circling each other. Yeah. And then they put these like things on their fingers, like that power look like gloves. Cow milkers? Yes, they do. They do. Like, exactly Looks like they're like putting them on their hand udders. <laughs> their hands are the udders and the cow milkers go on their fingies. And then they sit across from each other. And then a holographic screen comes up and then they wiggle their fingies. They wiggle their fingies. That's all it is. And and this dude is supposed to be like the best, the best at, at it. it. And so when he when he's winning, his face is all crumpled up and he's like <laughs> he's literally doing the villain like finger move. Okay, here's another misdirect that bothered me in this. So Riker challenges yes. him to stratagema and Jordy's walking down the hall with him like Okay, so are you going to beat him? And he's like, no. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, but it's going to be close, right? And he's like, scene. no. Okay, yeah. Play that. There's a, um, this is, I think, where he asks him to be on the crew, but I'm not sure. Forward to. Nope. Yep, here This is going to be exciting. I also thought this was the thing that Jordy, he says his so entire you're gonna beat experience. Him, huh? Nope. Well, then it's going to be a close one. Nope. <sighs> but you have got a chance. Ah. Are you even going to bother to show up? Sure. Kalrami is the best ever at Stratagema. Just to get to play him is a privilege. So aside from your being privileged, is there anything else I can look forward to? Nope. So that's... Um, oh, besides that's from Jordy's, you being privileged. That's Jordy's... That's LeVar Burton's entire experience on Star Trek. But so, aside from you being privileged, is there anything else I can look forward to? Nope. So I watched that scene and I'm like, oh, okay. So what we know about Riker is he's already, I think, already met with Worf at this point mm-hmm. and said, like, how would you beat him? Yeah. Dial. And it's like, okay, so... Like, there's some ulterior motive that Riker has in this game, and maybe he's, like, you know, he's hustling mm-hmm. Rami by, like, making him think, like, oh, he wasn't good at this at all. Mm-hmm. I, he won't be a challenger. Nope. Nope. It really just, is just, like, he, he just goes in there and gets win. beat. Gets beat real bad, and he's like, that's it. And it's like, why did, what? huh, this is a weird setup. Yeah. It, it, if it was setting up the thing, so the, and then later on, Data challenges him because everybody's like, well, Data can beat him. We should see him get beat. Everybody hates this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this, Once again, it's it, okay. I, I want someone to edit in a scene to this that's back at like the Federation headquarters. And like, thank God we got rid of that guy. I know. We sent him over to, oh, now we don't have to worry about, everybody hates this guy. He's just a guy that is apparently the best in the whole universe at his job, ends up not being, and then it's like, everybody hates him. And then what's the point? And he also offers nothing. Like, that's the thing, is he, here's what I don't understand. If you're setting up that this guy is amazing at strategy, why isn't Picard facing off against him? Him, yeah. Because he's there <laughs> or or set up like we're testing Riker to see if he's ready to like yeah. become a commander or something yeah, yeah. In, in case of war. Like, is he? Yeah. But instead, it's just like, no, it's just an exercise. And he's it's, there. He's, and he's just there. there. And the reason he's there is to peanut gallery the whole thing and yeah. tell people how bad they just are and everything. Just drive the whole deal. And it's like, what's your deal, And dude? I guess that could be a test. Like, how... Do you perform in a situation where the most annoying person you've ever met is like just there? Is he there just to like grade them? Is he like the driver? Yeah, I think he's like driver's ed instructor. I think in universe explanation is that he's there to grade them for their performance. But um, 
it's horrible. And and then so they're all like, let's have Data do strategy against him because we want specifically him to get Pulaski. Pulaski is very extra about it. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I very much prefer Crusher. I, I miss Crusher love so much. Crusher. Thank you. Because everybody has come around to Pulaski that we've had on this show by the and, and Veronica too. And I really don't like her. I think she's very she's got like um the Paul F. Tompkins calls it the data the like robot racism <laughs> the problem where she's just like everything how can you understand you're just a machine she's like so mean to him for no reason but i guess at this point they become friends but she also they i don't know if this is the writing or the actor or what but Pulaski also seems to have this like i don't care like yeah i'm I'm not i'm only gonna be here another half a season (laughs) like that seems to be the way it's written so like every interaction it's i keep waiting for like a confessional scene where Pulaski looks at the camera and goes i'm not here to make friends (laughs) and Unseen. Yeah, I mean, she has a thing with. I guess they're also supposed to set up that she has a thing with Picard because she's like age appropriate or whatever. And like Crusher had a thing with Picard because they do these like weird, like teased romantic things. But that doesn't even come across to me. So I don't know. Well, I think the problem is one, they don't have chemistry. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. Pulaski and, and, and Picard, the mm-hmm. two actors, don't have Mm-mm. chemistry. Mm-mm. But also, like, they. whoever wrote it I think doesn't understand how to write the playful banter because what ends up coming across is wow these two are very similar Mm -hmm. right so they seem like kind of old friend rivals who like maybe kind of flirted a long time ago but like now there's nothing as opposed to Bev and Picard who I think like they are different enough that Mm -hmm. when they banter it's very interesting for Mm -hmm. both of them Mm -hmm. as opposed to I think when Plasky banters with Picard Picard's like I I'm a captain now. Like yeah, I have to do my to, job yeah, now, yeah. please. <laughs> you can't talk like that to me in front of everybody now. <laughs> I am the captain. <laughs> We're not, you know, 22 anymore. Exactly. So um, Pulaski eggs on data to challenge um, Kohlrabi. To, do you want some more water? No, I'm good. Thank you. Sure? you. Okay. But this is also a data thing, right? Yeah. That, is a little frustrating for me, but I get why they do it because so in every Star Trek series, there's always somebody who is like the, the person that you can explain things to. And like, maybe it's Spock, maybe it's data, Mm -hmm. maybe it's seven of nine, you know, there's always somebody who you go, how do I say, okay, sometimes humans. Right. And it's like, I'm going to give exposition to you or you're our window in or something. But it's weird to me when someone has to explain to Data what competition is. I know. Where it's like, okay, but like he might not feel it himself, but the idea that he doesn't understand. understand yeah, the idea of what's the point of it at all. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's it, not androidism. That's just like, I don't know what. It's always the first two seasons is like he just got turned on that day. Day, right. And he's like, wait, <laughs> humans compete in games? Like, yeah. Yeah, also, Data. they forget all the time that he has like the entire memories of this planet in his like, in his system. So he should know almost all things about what people do. Um, so this is the scene after Riker loses and I think they suggest... And they have That's to do it. awkward thing of taking up their own utter She only made 23 moves. Congratulations. Pulaski very attached to the outcome of this for some reason. So Pulaski like hates him the most, I think, is the idea here for some reason. And they don't have any history with each other. No. There's no reason for her to hate this person. 
Madaraka. As your next challenge. Okay, I must don't understand. I I always prefer, and I think they figured out this chemistry Away later. Team assembled and ready it's, to transport I think it's commander. always more interesting when Jordy is explaining things to Data. Yes. Like I think that's always better. Yes. The simulation will commence in forty-eight hours. Also, I will say, I think I just like Crusher, Bev Crusher, which also sounds like a device you use to crush cans. Yeah. Bev Crusher's <laughs> chemistry with Data is better. Yes. Like that, I I just. I think that it takes a while for them to really figure out, like, how do we talk to Data so it doesn't sound condescending? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do we write an explanation to Data? Right. So that, like, people at home aren't like, yeah, like, he's not five. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to, re- because that's the thing, they keep talking about how he's infallible and he shouldn't yeah. lose. And it's like, okay, but he also doesn't understand the idea of competition. Right, right. So, like, how infallible is he? <laughs> so, uh, because, well, the thing is, I think Data and Jordy, like, uh, the reason that Jordy is so good at explaining things to Data is because, like, he doesn't treat Data like an android. Right. He expects human, like, responses from Data. Because Data wants to be human, so he's like, okay. It's almost like he's, like, ultra respectful. It's like, I identify as human. And he's like, all right, I'm going to treat you like a human. Yeah, right. So every time he doesn't understand something, he's like, Data, like, he gets short with him. Yeah, you know? right. It, which is great. Well, and that's, if you look at the way... Uh, Troy and Pulaski talk to Data. He's yeah. very condescending and very infantile. Yes, yes. And then Picard like busts in. He's like, "Hey, cut this out. Yeah, get do your job. Yeah, <laughs> stop worrying about it." And then gives him like one tiny thing at the end, like, you know, you can make a bunch of mistakes and still you could do it right and still not win. So Data is about to. I don't. This I couldn't find the scene where she's trying to convince him to fight. Fight play Stratagema, but this is a scene where he eventually does play Stratagema against the Kohlrabi, and uh, the ensuing extraness from... In the present God. context, Pulaski. what did she mean by bust him up? In her own way, Dr. Pulaski was... It's always frustrating when you can't cuss in a show, because it should say kick his ass. Yeah. As opposed to what? Because um, like so no one's ever said bust right. them up in their entire life ever, right? And so when data, that's <laughs> no, true. And so when data is questioning, like what what does that even mean? Because I've never heard it before, and and she's like, well, it means like you know, don't let him win. Like make sure that you take the fr- like quickest route to victory. And he's like, as opposed to what? And then she just condescendingly pats him on oh, the shoulder data. and walks away. It's like, hey, maybe answer his question. Yeah, it's like maybe so that's like a rude. learning opportunity. So he plays him and he doesn't win and everybody loses their mind. The game takes one second. Disposal for a rematch. Thank you. But what would be the point? (laughs) Weird. How can you lose? You're supposed to be infallible. Jerk. Obviously, I am not. That's such like... Hey, another question. Pulaski, why do you care so much? Like, but more than that, like your friend hypothetically yeah, right. just lost and right. is embarrassed, and yeah. you're like, "You lost? What's wrong with you?" Yeah. Like, whoa! <laughs> How about you treat him like that's uh, that's it? I think you She's nailed like it with the Jordy mom from uh, from I Tanya. Yeah, I think you nailed it with Jordy of like Jordy treats him like he has emotions. Yeah, yeah. 
Whereas Pulaski's not worried about hurting his feelings. Yeah. And it's like. She, exactly. You race it. Yeah. She is computer racist. She is computer racist. You're not a person. You're a machine. How could what you lose? You're a you? machine. She's like, it's like she's a halfway to getting behind his little like skull cap thing and going in there and fucking. I mean, fucking she might him. as well have turned to him in this episode and said, I'm going to use you as a yes. tool to embarrass this guy. Yeah. Like she, she doesn't think he wants to play. Like, that's the thing is this is not like this is going to help my friend data right. grow. It really is just like, I want to embarrass this guy, but rather than put a bucket full of water on top of his door, I'll use data. <laughs> so fucked up. And so data, because he lost to a humanoid, uh, is confused because he is data and he's like why well, should have won so something's wrong with me and so he takes himself out of commission and starts running all these diagnostics not because like because i guess he's like and there is an episode of uh of the original series that kind of precludes this where it's like if the computer can't do what the computer normally does in chess games that means just there's some weird thing wrong so he's trying to be like well maybe i'm you know rusty or something and i have to figure it out so he's just sitting in his quarters for days or something like analyzing and Come in, please. All right, Data. Enough of this. Doctor? How long are you going to sit sulking like Achilles in his tent? I'm conducting diagnostics. You may be able to sell Troy that story, but not me. And you're smarting because you were beaten. Well, it happens. No, Doctor. This is not about ego. I'm concerned about giving the captain unsound advice. I wish I had never maneuvered you into playing that yeah. game. Yeah. I wish that Sorry. too. Yeah, dude. Why, Doctor? It is done, and perhaps just as well. This has indicated that I am damaged in some fashion. I must find the malfunction. See, this is... Okay, this is the thing that's bonkers about this. Yes. Is that she treats him like a machine when she should treat him mm -hmm. like a person, mm -hmm. and then later treats him like a person, person. when she should treat him like a machine. Yes, Exactly. It's ridiculous because she's always trying to pimp Data into being whatever is convenient for her at the time. And she like Data is making a perfectly rational point of yes. like, I am a computer against a human being. I exactly you know, like I messed up. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out why. Yeah. So that I don't mess up again. But everyone treats it like, oh, he's just embarrassed and feeling bad. It's like, okay. He's he is a machine. It's like, so weird to extrapolate that, right? After you treated him like a literal uh, iPhone, and then later on you're like, "All right, iPhone, why are you acting like so embarrassed?" It's like, what? Why would you suddenly decide that he has emotions? Right. No one's ever decided he has emotions ever in this show before, and so I just feel like it's so random. And then to me, because to me, what really upset me about this plotline was that I was hoping that. They would find out something about the kohlrabi yeah, through right. this experience. Like Data's always right. Like he must That's have cheated. What they've set That's up. what I thought it was going to be. It's he, like kohlrabi exactly. cheats. And like, oh, the kohlrabi is cheating, and therefore we figured out why. But it isn't that. It's nope. just that he is better at this game. Right. <laughs> it's so stupid. And yeah, doesn't make any sense. Okay, so in the, the, what I would say is the A plot. Yeah. So. <sighs> oh yeah, I was going to ask you. So, oh yeah, so in the A-plot, they have 48 hours to get this shitty old ship ready to face the Enterprise. And everybody boards the ship, and they have 48 hours to do a bunch of shit to the ship to make sure that it's, like, as ready as it can possibly be. And then in that time, I guess they're not supposed to sleep. <laughs> like, which leads me to all these questions, like, are is Picard allowed to sleep in 48 hours? Like, is the regular... 
Enterprise crew and they just have to be like weirdly with because this has bothers me in watching all content how they don't that people in these shows that we watch are like apparently fine to just not sleep. Like if I don't have exactly seven and a half hours every night, like I am insane. Well, he, okay. but like if you're in Hunger Games, apparently you only need three hours. Here's the thing <laughs> in about a tree this, branch. This whole premise that's really skewed, right? Is on like it's one of those things where the explanation of well the competition is these two shit, but then if you like analyze it for even a second, mm-hmm. you're like, wait, what is this? Completely because, falls like, apart. Yeah, so Riker. <laughs> can pick whoever he wants and take 40 members. At one point, Kohlrabi is like 40 to save a thousand. I'm like, wait, how many crew members? Okay, because I think what it is supposed to replicate is the mismatch of the, like the, if it was like a Federation starship versus a board cube, right? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, definitely you're outgunned mm-hmm. by, by the board cube, but they never like explicitly say that. Yeah. Like, the point of this is to replicate. So in this situation, the enterprise is the Borg mm-hmm. and the Hathaway is the, right. is the enterprise, but they don't say that. Instead, they just make it like, mm, can they improvise? I'm like, yeah, yeah but like, <laughs> The the enterprise is a fully functional like ship, yeah, and they can't warp. Mm-hmm. So like you've gotten rid of the number one thing the enterprise can do to mm-hmm. the Borg, which is run away. Mm-hmm. And like I and then he picks forty people. They can't sleep. They don't have warp. They don't have weapons. They yeah. don't. And it's like okay, so it's almost like <laughs> this is incredibly skewed and not a good combination. Like you have a hollow deck. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why not just set up holodeck <laughs> competitions against the Borg? Truth is, most of us are brushing our teeth wrong not long enough and forget to change our brush change on time. Brush. That's because most brands focus on selling fashion gimmicks huh. rather than better brushing, but not quip, not, not quip, quip. So what makes quip so different? For starters, quip is an electronic toothbrush. That's a fraction of the cost of bulky your brushes while still packing just the right amount of brushes to help clean your tooth quip cells in time or help you clean the dentist recommended two minutes grinding pulls it hot. Grinding pulses that remind you when to switch sides from one side of your mouth to the other. Next subscription plans are for your health, not convenience. They deliver brush hits on a dentist recommended schedule every three three months, months. just five dollars, including every shipping worldwide. Worldwide. Every three months comes with the month suctions right into (laughs) your mirror and unsuction to your mirror. Discover for hygienic travel whenever you travel and take your teeth. Where do you take your teeth? Where do you take your teeth? Where do you take your teeth? Time for the Go to getquip.com slash tracks. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electronic tooth electric toothbrush. Not electronic. That's different. That's, That's your it's like a positronic versus Quip neurotronic. is positronic electronic toothbrush. And that's Make your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash tracks. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash tracks, which is T-R-E-K-S. And I've been using mine, and I gotta tell you what, not only are my teeth better looking, and my my vanity is better looking, but I I can rap better. Oh, I can rap better. Get, oh, we had no copy com. to read. We get had no copy to read. This get came off the top of my com. head. This is all improvised raps. Get quip.com slash trex. Get quip.com slash Happy birthday, Veronica. Slash trex. Get quip.com slash trex. End of ad. End of ad. Mouth. End of ad. Okay. Mouth. 
<laughs> Mouth. <laughs> It's because this guy, the kohlrabi, is like on the payroll somehow, and he's got to justify his job. I also just don't know, hey, Federation, why is that <laughs> ship just floating there? Like, <laughs> Just a ship floating in the middle of space. What happened to lead up to, was it Because like, every time, attacked? other times when they find a ship just floating, they're like, whoa, a mystery. Yeah, and it's this like, like been that. shot at and destroyed, and this is just like everyone on the Hathaway at the same point, like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Just left, and I, just, but I'm taking the TV with me or something. And it's just this abandoned ship, which makes leads me to think that like, is space just littered with old Federation ships? Like the Federation just keeps track of where they left it for sure, but they yeah. don't do anything with it. Like that's incredibly wasteful. <laughs> um. So and there's dilithium still in the ship that they can use. I mean, it must be that they use these things specifically for war games, which is weird because they even haven't then, ever done it before. <laughs> especially when at the end of the episode, yeah. they're like towing the Hathaway to a Federation like station. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wait, hold on. There's a Federation <laughs> station close enough that, that you, you can, can tow an impulse, but still you just left the Hathaway floating in the middle of space. <laughs> Why hasn't anyone brought the Hathaway maybe to this station? The, maybe they had the Hathaway on board the station and they put it there. Okay. Here's That's- another problem with this war game that bugged the shit out of me. <laughs> they start about 20 feet away from each other. <laughs> and they're just like sitting there and like, and go. <laughs> I, was like, I know. Wait, What? Why would that the be? The beginning of the war game is so funny. I have to watch it. It's oh, so insane. Oh, he's doing the Bowlby move or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, here it is. They're so close to each other. <laughs> they just start throwing rocks at each other. The hunt begins, number one. <laughs> We're ready. Just remember, Enterprise. Captain Riker's never lost. And everyone's okay. I love Will Wheaton in that moment. Will Wheaton in that moment. Uh, Captain Riker's never lost. And Will Wheaton like takes to the camera. It's great. He's so excited. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at a picture. Right, they're, they're like facing they're each other. Deli- they like, could wave at each other. <laughs> they could see each other through the windows. Okay, watch Will Wheaton. <laughs> I say um, this with all the love of my heart. Will is my one. friend. We're ready. Just remember Enterprise. Captain Riker's never lost. <laughs> he looks so hard. Will, if you're listening, you're great. Please come on this show. Set course, two, two, three, mark three, five, We're not seven. friends with him. Full impulse power. Many of our guests Initiate are. Initiate Coma Maneuver. Coma Maneuver. What? Coma Maneuver. Coma Maneuver. <laughs> Why would they start out with such a recognizable ploy? He's teasing. He wants us to reveal our tactics on his Four play. Mr. Warp. Counter with the Tulupian Maneuver. On instrument sighting. Agreed. Three quarter impulse. Full on my command. Like, it's enabled. Like, what? what is that? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Am I supposed to know this? Um, Hi, okay. I... Set course. B17. Mark. 73. Present minimal aspect. All right. Do the poopy Ready, maneuver. Ready, walk one. Optimal spread on Do that one Plug. where we kind of seem like we're going to hit him, but then we swerve <laughs> in the last second. What's that called? from a stern. What the? He came out of nowhere, sir. Brings about Ensign maximum shields. Full weapon systems. Disengage. Modified. Lock on. Over to hailing frequency. I can't, sir. There's nothing there. 
See, this is what confused me. Right there, the whole army the whole time has been like Riker's a dummy. Yeah. It's been just like laughing. Yeah. Re-engage, modified beam. He's quite good. He's the best. Computer reports simulated damage well, here's to the several thing. aft decks, sir. He's not. Time, He's like, not. Picard is better is than him. Like, this yeah. is what I don't get. Mr. Worf must have overridden the sensor codes. Played some holographic games, Mr. Data. How do you know it was Worf? That does, also doesn't make any sense. I guess because he's in charge of, Attack like... Attack posture. Circumvental attitude. Prepare beams. Or photon world. They're also, the more I watch this show, I'm reminded of like the actors oh, will often talk about how much they didn't like the costumes, uh-huh. the way yeah. they fit. Yeah. So you can watch Picard constantly pulling down his shirt. Yeah, and it, he's such a good actor that he incorporates it into his character. Yeah, but it is something that they do constantly because it was like every time they would sit down, it would like ride up their backs or something. And so they had to like keep pulling it down. Captain. Sensors picking up a Ferengi warship closing at warp five. Okay, see, yeah. Did okay. you put that new code? Now the the Ferengi warship is real, yes. right? And here's the thing about this: it's what. Okay, so in D and D, I'm pulling a lot of weird pop culture nerd stuff. Yeah. But in D and D, you know, in the fights, technically, according to the rule book, every mm-hmm. round is like six seconds, right? So uh-huh. like, I make a move, you make a move, you make a move, you make a move, right? And that can take like twenty minutes to oh, all work okay. out. Mm-hmm. But in the game time, it's six seconds. Okay. And then I watch this, and I'm like, okay, so in such a brief amount of time, mm-hmm. he does the Comey maneuver, and he does the cool. He does the James Comey maneuver. He does the Coulier maneuver, and like they're doing these things, and then he fakes the ship, and then the Frank show, and it's like it's been ten seconds. Yeah, it has been ten seconds. I know, and this is thirty eight minutes into the episode, right? And it's like, wait, hold on. It kind of feels like this should have been the whole episode. The whole episode, right. Is like the whole episode is Riker's already on board the thing. <laughs> They're almost ready, but they're right. trying to figure out some last minute stuff. Instead of having the episode be like, we have these things where we have all these minutes to fill. So we get moments that are absolutely pointless and weird where uh, Worf is in his Am room. I disturbing you? Playing with popsicle sticks? He's putting together a model ship. With popsicle sticks. But he's so frustrated by it and hates it. So I can't tell in this moment, like. He breaks it because the thing, the like door chime sounds. Enter. (laughs) And then Riker comes in. I can't tell if it's supposed to be that he's embarrassed that Riker has found him putting together a model or if he's like putting together the model because he's trying to like work on his patience or and he hates it or does he actually love it or what? Because then he just like sweeps it to a drawer. There had to have been um, some explanation for this or like that this is like a a Worf character thing that they and then they just didn't have enough time, I guess, to like put it fully in but then they also kept it so it just looks like he's embarrassed to be playing with popsicle sticks but also why would if you're embarrassed to be playing with popsicle sticks he lets Riker walk all the way into yeah, the right? room why not sweep it, it off it. like right? he's like uh hold on yeah he just yes? lets him see it and then he's like and if you're Riker and you're standing next to work and you're like hey am I disturbing you and you watch him take his craft like, project like hey no wait buddy <laughs> yeah. hey don't do that that you was would, good like, let him you're doing hey, a good man, job can I just see what you were working on hey, there hey whoa, whoa 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 was whoa. that like a boat dwarf <laughs> what are you making <laughs> nothing 
Wharf. I am making nothing. Wharf. What? What are you making? A boat. It's a good boat. No, it's not. No, yes, it is. You're doing a good job. I did. I did another one. You want to see it? Yeah. All right. Then we'll go get ice cream. It's blue. <gasps> blue. That's I, so I good. I like blue. Yeah. Blue is an honorable color. Blue is an honorable color. What kind of ice cream? Whatever you want. Blood. <laughs> blood <laughs> ice cream. Blood slime. Yes. Yeah, so we can have blood <laughs> slime ice cream at 10 um, forward. So I wanted to ask you before we, um, or I don't know what time it is, but we have to get this done because I, the one thing I love about this episode is that they get to pick their fantasy crew. Yeah. And I was thinking like what I would pick obviously when I, when Riker was assembling his crew. So I think we should do that now. Well, I think the biggest mistake that Riker makes is not taking Troy. Yes. Because like, strategy is great, but like psychology, I think is much more powerful in this yes. circumstance. And like, it's also weird to me that like Picard isn't like, okay, Troy, like tell me everything you know about. Right. Like, right. Right. Here's the thing across the board. They and I will, Troy. I will play your game. I promise. But it, you have made me realize that I think one of it's the a, things, it's really strategy. Well, one of the problems <laughs> of this episode is none of them seem to be taking it seriously mm -hmm. but they want me to oh my god mind fucking blown i really didn't think that was a really good point but it's like <laughs> you so, just waited for me to finish uh-huh go on but it's like um <laughs> like like the fact that picard is just like yeah all right we'll be ready when you're ready yes. and it's like Okay, why aren't you like calling a war council like you would? And then if, we suddenly like, we came upon a ship, and and then why? Yeah, so I'm not invested, right? You clearly aren't, right? And so like, it's it's weird that they don't treat it. Yeah. So like, if they came upon the Borg and the Borg were like, "You have ten minutes, or you're going to be destroyed." Yeah. Like Picard does when the Ferengi shows up. Yeah. He calls people into like the war room, and they're like sitting down to figure it out. Right. And this is just like, okay, well, we got forty eight hours. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why aren't you strategizing about Riker and talking yeah. to people like this is some like foreign, you know, enemy that you don't know, and everybody's being so casual and smirky yeah. and funny. And they're like about just it. excited. Right. They're just pumped to do this. And, and like the, that's not And how I'm you would watching be. it like, okay, cool. What's well, the point? Yeah. I can't wait to see what Riker does. But the other problem they do, and this is I think a problem with writing, is Yeah. The whole thing is supposed to be well, you'll never believe what right what tricks Riker pulls. Right. But they tell us as they figure right. them out. Yeah. Where Worf is like, I can fake it so it looks like there's a ship, but there's not really going to be a ship. Yeah. And we're like, okay. okay and then that, they do that. Then and they we're do like, that. Okay. So. That was that thing thusly, they did tell when us. the Ferengi show up, shows up, you know, you're watching it and going, oh, maybe that's the thing. Maybe the Ferengi is something the Kohlrabi like is put like maybe the Kohlrabi did the same thing Worf did and he's creating like a Ferengi. He hired them or something like that. Like that would be believable and the whole thing is about given, like no it's actually the strategy is about how do you work together yeah. and like that's the actual test sure. of the call nope any of that would have been fine instead it's just hey why did oh that's a pretty huge coincidence yeah right that during this whole episode they've been plotting for how many hours and then the 10 seconds that's when the Ferengi that that implies that the Ferengi have been watching them this entire time and then only entered now 
because they're like, oh, you're firing at them. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, what's up? So my dream team. Okay. And I think this isn't far off from what Riker does. Mm-hmm. So for sure. Okay. Jordy. So we're gonna do, we're gonna fight. So you can take Jordy because oh. you took Jordy. Uh huh. Oh, this I, is. I oh, we're fighting. Jordy. Okay. Well, I think right because it's fantasy. Is that how you do fantasy? Yes. Because if I'm on the Hathaway, right, and mm-hmm. nothing is working, mm-hmm. yeah, you take your, like your oh, best. Oh, you're, and you're on the Hathaway. Yeah, I will take the Hathaway. Well, I'll take the Enterprise. Okay, great. Okay, so you've taken Jordy on the Hathaway, and then um, I'm going to be on the. And you're you or you're Riker. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I can get the head of Riker. Okay, give me a second. I'm kind of weird. I sit in chairs weird. Okay. I Okay, got it. All right, I'm there. Okay, you're Riker. So I'm Picard. I'm too tall, and I smirk at everything, and my voice always sounds like I'm doing a voice. Okay. <laughs> that is the thing. Jonathan Franks is doing, like, actor yeah. voice yeah. so All hard. All the time. Jordy. Let me ask you a question. It sounds like he's narrating an audiobook all the time. Well, we interviewed him and he also does sound like that oh really don't make promises you can't keep he just talks like that i'm doing an interview with a couple of comedians he only talks like that it sounds like you guys want to talk about star trek where was he born because it sounds like he is actor planet yeah it works like he had like a super strong like when i was born in west virginia and my accent until i was like 14 sounded Mm -hmm. like hey everybody how's it going (laughs) and like that was how i sound i have a home video of me at like seven and that's exactly how i sound and it sounds like jonathan frakes was born with that accent yeah and then he has worked really hard to become jonathan frakes what is the definition of an optimist a trombone player with a beeper there you go (laughs) Also, it's I like that because we didn't edit that clip, I don't think at all, right, Brett? So it's just the timing in that is that he jumps from, there's no time to say, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he just jumps right to it. So um, I, I'm taking Jordy to okay, fix so, up all the shit. So you're taking Jordy and you were Riker and I'm Picard and I'm taking, fuck, um, I'm taking Wes. Oh, okay. Right away. Because w- when Kohlrabi makes fun of Wes, it's like, why would you take a ch- Oh, you mean the guy who saved uh, saved you guys literally every time? Oh, he's do on you the mean ship. like the wonderkind that like who is who? Somebody came on board season one, a weird uh, alien that's like in travel time travels to tell you that he is a special special talent that you cannot ignore and needs extra special attention because he's like the best mind of his generation. Yeah. That guy. You mean that, that guy? you're always telling to shut up? Do you mean that one? So I would take Wes immediately. Um, he ends up saving them. Yeah. And and I would take Worf, right? Because it is a battle exercise and like you've got your tactical officer. Big mistake. But the (sighs) most ineffectual tactical officer. He He can shoot pretty good. He's horribly written. This is true. They don't give him any skill. He's just always shooting first. Well, this is a mistake that they make with Worf and I think the whole series Mm -hmm. is they build up this idea of like he's a Klingon amongst humans but then they write him like a human but that's kind of embarrassed about his rage issues. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, let Worf be Worf. You know what I mean? Like he brought this Klingon on but then you don't listen to any of his advice. He's constantly talking about his Klingon heritage and like what Klingons do all the time as though everybody doesn't know he's Klingon and that like he's obsessed with it. It's like he's pretending to be Klingon or something, or like he's he's secretly human and he's like doing too much to tell everybody that he's Klingon. Yeah, is well, it you Worf, know, I'm Klingon. Is Worf so. half human? Or no, no, no. He's no, full he Klingon. was raised by it, humans. Ha- uh, Balana is half human in yes. Voyager. That's right. Um, but like, it does frustrate me that every time Worf ever gives advice, they're like, "That's not how we do it on this ship." Right. Boy. Like, that's not how humans do it. It's like, 
all right, why'd you give him that job? <laughs> why'd you let him here tackle him? Mm-hmm. Don't listen to him. Uh, but I would take Worf, and okay. then I would and I would take Worf, and I would be a way better manager for him yes. than Picard is. And I'd be like, hey, I want you to know, I want to hear your ideas. I think your ideas <laughs> well, that are is, good. Is Worf. kind of what Frakes does. Yeah. Okay, so I will take. I like you called him Frakes, Captain Frakes, <laughs> Captain <laughs> not Frakes. Riker, Frakes. So fuck. I guess I'm going to take. I'm just going to take data before you do. Okay, that's fair. Because my next move, and maybe this is cheating, but I'm going to take 38 unnamed, uh, <laughs> like 38 unnamed uh, engineering people. Like I'm just going to clear out engineering and just take no. everyone in engineering. The one Asian guy. I don't need. I don't need to know their names. <laughs> I've got a ship that needs fixed. I got no. They warp. tend to clump in the background a lot. I'm just gonna take them. If there's the ever one, a shot, the one woman in the middle of the conversation with the dwarf and where they're talking about the thing, and the, and and she's like, <laughs> and they wouldn't know. And I'm like, wait, who is that? <laughs> it's like just new person it with three really, lines who it, just got their sound card. It really feels like. <laughs> It really feels like she wasn't planned to be in this scene at all. She's just all of a sudden she's like, <laughs> "It's like an it is like an extra who like leaned into the scene and they're like, yeah." And she's okay, like, "I could do the line if if, if nobody else is going to do the line." Better, like, do uh, we have a clean take without the extra? I no? don't think we have a line there, but you could, I guess, write one in, another shot of them twenty feet away. So close. With my knowledge of the okay, she's just in the background now looking at the screen. We may be able to convince what? the sensors yeah. that an enemy <laughs> ship huh? is approaching. Brad, look. Their instruments would lie to them. About instruments? You can pull oh, that off, idea. Mr. Worf. You might give us the edge we're well, looking what? for. Uh-huh. But what about the view? <laughs> if I am successful, the computer will project a false image mm, of the enemy so ship pumped. on the main view screen. Mm. So unless someone runs to a window and looks out... They're mm. going to fall for it. Okay. They're acting like That's, they've never talked to her before. Yeah. And also, <laughs> like, like right. they both do this, like, turn, like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Who are you? All right. Cool, 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 cool. So she's on your squad. Yeah. All right. That leaves me to take Troy. Ah, damn it. I forgot yes. I said I'd take Troy. Yes. That's why I was worried because I was like, oh, fuck. Like, if he, if I take Data, he'll take Troy. But then you took 38 people. 38 <laughs> engineering <laughs> people. So you're you have Riker, you you're Riker, you have Jordy Worf, thirty eight people, and then you can take one more person. I would take Cole Rami. You'll take Cole Rami? Yeah, he's never gonna see it coming. No, I would take Picard. I'm Picard. (laughs) I know, but you're coming with me. That's the twist, Guile. Guile. I'm taking you. Is this Worf's idea? Yeah. Fuck. So, so now that, you're on my so ship. So now, but I still have, but my team is still West, Data, and Troy. But I go Data back to your Troy. team. But now I teleport, teleport, I think that's what they call it. I teleport over to the Enterprise, and now oh, the Enterprise is mine. using a teleport. Is, yeah, it's is mine. Is that because we can't sense it? Yeah. And then I travel in time. Wait, I have one person still that I- before you were born. What? I have one person that okay. I can, and I'm picking O'Brien. <gasps> Is O'Brien on the ship at this point? Yes. He's not in this episode. Okay. No, he's not. But, he but is we on the do ship. get that one guy who's an ensign who I think. <laughs> it's like red, the redhead. Yeah, I know him from. He's on a whole bunch of 24. <laughs> yeah, and he's really good on he's 24. He's like an early version of. Who's that nervous guy that they have in engineering? <gasps> who is that dude? Because he's also a big part of Voyager. Um, I want to say Landry, but that's the name of it's Lando. Lan- I think that's it. No, I can't remember. That's the name of the guy from Friday Night Lights. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm really frustrated myself. I, I know that's really. F- uh, can we have somebody call in? What's the number? 
Somebody call in. Tell me what that guy's okay, name is. Okay, if you know the name of that guy, because we're not going to look it up, even though it takes two seconds, and Brett's not either. Don't touch Brett. that keyboard, Brett. Are you about to write it down? Do you know He's what it is? He's about okay. to Google something. I can tell. I can fucking sense it. Hashtag... Uh, what's other <laughs> hashtag blessed? That's right. To attra- attract who's fashion. Guy? Who's that guy? Tell us who it is, and you hashtag blessed. You hashtag blessed, so that we know what you're talking about. Okay, he just Brett just gave me a signal that says five minutes, which is not what I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going to look up the name of the guy, <laughs> but he didn't. I can't. I'm really mad at myself. That I can't remember that guy's name. Do you want? No. No? No. Okay. I want to remember it. All right. All on my own. All my ownsies. He was Jordy's friend. He believed in ghosts, sort of, I think. Well, and he also, in the end, was like fascinated by Voyager and the idea in Voyager, he's fascinated by Voyager and he has created a, uh, there's a whole episode where he's created like a hollow deck recreation of Voyager so he can be on Voyager with them and he's like, do it, and it, it. Yes, it's very interesting. So, but he's in Voyager during that. No. No, this is from. This is just like a special episode and then he, I think. Of TNG? No, of oh. Voyager. And I think this is a big spoiler, I think, for Voyager. <laughs> I think that he is the one that helps Voyager get home at the end of the series. And he's like a huge hero. Oh my God. Um, I'm interested in watching Voyager now. There's a, I listen, (laughs) many people say that Voyager is not good. Yeah. Um, the mistake that Voyager does make is in the very beginning, the first like five episodes, there's a huge promise made to the audience of like, it's going to be stressful because these two groups mm. have to get along and work together to get back. And it's very quickly like, and everything's great. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but you promised me. But I think that there are some really standout characters mm-hmm. in Voyager and some really standout episodes. Overall, it is, as as Star Trek goes, a fairly weak right. series. But there's some really great performances in it. Um, Robert Picardo is amazing in it. Um, he plays the holographic doctor, Robert Picardo, Picardo, and he's really good. He plays the holographic doctor and, um, seven of nine is really great. And Chainway is is one of my favorite captains. Mulgrew. She's, she's great. The problem is, is they, the problem that they made in writing Kate Mulgrew and writing Chainway is that they were like, okay, and she's going to be our first like female lead Star Trek captain, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we're going to try to write her like a man because she's trying to fit in right. in a man's world and so like there's so many storylines about the conflict between her trying to be a captain but also a woman mm-hmm. and it's like you they have never, her getting her period you never did that with well like there's a whole episode where she falls in love with this guy in the holodeck that's like a hog and it's like oh yeah and it's like the conflict of like well of course as a woman she wants to settle down with this guy but as captain she can't leave the shit oh, and it's my like God. You never had that shit with Picard yeah. or, or Kirk or yeah. whatever. But with with her, it's like the number. I'm, I'm pretty sure she says the phrase like as a woman a bajillion times. Right. And that doesn't feel believable at all because it's like that is not something you'd be thinking about on a daily basis. Really, yeah. it would be like maybe a deeper concern that you've like you've chosen this one path like anybody would have like deeper concerns about like what they've chosen in life and do they have regrets. But you wouldn't like constantly be hitting up against it every time especially not in like the year 2200 or wherever where you're like yeah we're past the point of like yeah a man can pursue whatever career he wants but a woman is giving out family and and it's like yeah it's really weird well that's why i have a problem with watching the original series because the original series is so patriarchal and so bros in space and it's just like a, a lot of the stuff is like 
they'll be like, well, we have all these stacks of papers that we have to deal with. And it's like, well, why? Because you have computers right there. And it's the same thing with social dynamics. Right. Like women walk in and they're like, get over here, bitch. And it's like, why? Well, that's the thing. Why is are they if, even on the ship? If then? you look at the like the crew makeup, it is always like four like masculine characters to mm-hmm. one female. Ca- mm-hmm. Like you never see an, a, a ship Two where different. it's like, you know, there's never yeah. a ship where it's like 18 yeah. women characters on the bridge and like one guy. Except that episode with Riker when he goes like there's like that all female society in season one. Maybe season two. But it's not like a Federation ship. It's not just like, no, well, it's it luck not. of the draw. No, it looks like not. somebody was like assigning people and like, well, we're going to get some women in there. It takes uh, them a really long time to get to the point where it's not a big deal. And they do it a couple times, I feel like, in in TNG with... Um, with uh, I'm, I'm gesturing to my nose with for the, the Bajoran... Yes. Uh, what, what's her name? I forget. Well, the Bajoran on Deep Space Nine? Is that who you mean? No, the Bajoran character on uh, on TNG. I'm going to ask Siri. <laughs> Siri, who's the Bajoran character on The Next Generation? Checking. Okay. I found this on the web for who's the pitcher and character on The Next Generation. No, that's not what I asked. <laughs> no. <laughs> Siri. <laughs> Um, she doesn't know the word Bajoran, and that's fine, and that is on me. What if she just came um, back and like, I don't know, nerd. She is this lady, Ro Laren. Oh, okay. So I feel like with Ensign Ro, they start to have like a just, she's not, her main thing isn't being female. Her main thing is being Bajoran. So then they start to kind of position her in as just like a regular officer. And so she has scenes, I feel like sometimes with like Crusher or, you know, that aren't, that do pass the Bechdel test. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that, and that, I will say that I think in, uh, Deep Space Nine, Nana Visitor, who I now I can't remember, is it Nana? Whatever. Mm. Uh, but the major there, she is like, just a character that mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. nine out of ten times not mm-hmm. all the time but most of the time it's like okay that character could mm-hmm. have been cast mm-hmm. by any mm-hmm. gender person playing yeah. it and it just ended up being also her. i will i i make an argument for luxana troy mm-hmm. who is such a character yeah. and has so many other qualities besides being female even though a lot of her qualities are because she's female but they're just like so extra that she is able to do a lot of things and be a lot she has wear a, a lot couple of hats. really good episodes mm-hmm. on uh on deep space oh. nine yeah she has I one with her. uh with odo that's like one of my where they're like trapped in an elevator or something i think and it's really she's good she's so great yeah. i want her to be on discovery yeah so she can have been in all of them um but so the janeway i think it, i love the performance of of uh kate mulgrew as mm-hmm. janeway cool i think like the writing did her a huge disservice because it was like, it was like what I I don't know what the makeup was as far as gender and the writers go, Mm -hmm. but it did look like watching a whole bunch of dudes try to figure out (laughs) what's a woman's life. Like, (laughs) what do you think women have to deal with? Probably like being all emotional and stuff. And like, there's a whole bunch of stuff like where she has to explain to like Chakotay, like, Okay, but I sometimes I'm not sure of my emotions. Am I leading or uh, am I worried? And then, yes, of course, I'm afraid for my. And it's like this would. I I wish I could go back in time and be in the writers' room. Like, mm-hmm. okay, would you just write a speech like you would write it for Picard, Got, yeah, and then just let Kate yeah. Mulgrew say it. So many times when I started acting, I'd be like, like I'd have these lines, and I'd be like, what, like, like. 
they like I just, we don't know how to write for women. It's just like just write for a just guy. Write, just write the same and let and me read it. And the end of the process, change the name. Yeah, that's all you have to do, and it works every time. It doesn't even need to end up being a lesbian. Well, see, and that's the thing, like with data too, that I think is a certain amount of like, well, how do we write for a robot? It's like just write, just write like write pe- the character. Let people talk to him like he's a human, and then yeah. go back and remove all the contractions, and right. you've got it. There you go. And that's because that's what they were already doing anyway. Yeah. But it was just like really inconsistent. Like sometimes he doesn't know what games are. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, it's like they said, what if we wrote Spock, but he doesn't understand when he's being pe- patronized. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. I keep waiting for data to be like, I know what competition <laughs> is. I'm just saying like, why the fuck do you care? Like, why is that important to you? Get over it. That's what I want to see is like him just turn up and like, no, no, I get that. How? I'm a supercomputer. Yeah. Yes, I understand I want the him idea to be, of competing. I so badly. I love that though. They nail it with Spock that because uh, Bones is always angry at Spock just cause, and and I hate Bones. And they nail Bones being like, like so angry and like every time Spock says anything, Bones is so ready to be like, he's "Well, racist? you're a fucker." Yeah, because he's and, xenophobic. Yes, he's xenophobic. Yeah. And then Spock is always like, you know, Bones will be like, huh, "I can't believe you're thinking about that at a time like this." And he's like, "Oh, hi, Bones. Maybe you could help me with something." Like he he has no reaction to it, which is like one of those. It like he's completely so undermines his bullshit. Yeah. Like I saw Tignataro perform one time, and somebody heckled her from the audience and was like, "It's like ah, you know," and she just completely ignored it, which she doesn't always do that. But like in the, t- she was just doing her joke, and it made the guy so small to be like, "You're not here," you know, like <laughs> your racism isn't here right now. Is so amazing. Well, and to jump back to this episode a little yes. bit, but I think that this is also early Troy, mm-hmm. where they very much have Troy as like this paper doll yeah. kind of character that's very patronizing and right. just there to be, you right. know, the one who cares about emotions right, and stuff. Right, right, Where later they make her so much more interesting as far as like dealing. Right. That she almost becomes like their uh, diplomat, mm-hmm. you know, in interacting with right. other people. And it's like, that's so much more interesting right. than simply having a character that's like, well, sometimes people, people get feel. angry <laughs> and they compete. And she's like, okay, yeah, yeah no, I get that. <laughs> versus like her sitting on the bridge and saying when they turn off be like okay this person definitely doesn't yeah. trust us and like this is not they do cool. that a bunch in season two but there's so many points at which people ignore it yeah like she's like they're lying like she's actually there's an episode recently where she comes and stands in front of everybody in front of the view screen is like hey they're lying to us you gotta stop what you're doing and they're like we'll figure it out okay we've got it <laughs> it's like and then data goes hey um just to yeah, Troy is psychic, so she sometimes knows things that you don't. Like really? she even you listen to her. Yeah, it's so crazy. Woke data, you know. <laughs> it's nice. So crazy. Um, well, I know we have to go, so I'm going to thank you for coming on this show. Do you have anything you'd like to plug for us, or things you've been listening to, or watching, or seeing, or peering at? Uh, so I'll plug my stuff first, and yes. you can find like all my shows and stuff at macroyshows.com. M C E L R O Y shows.com. Um, and I really, I, I do a rewatch show too like I said of Doctor Who called Run a Doctor Who fan cast and that's available you're a Whovian I am really a lot and we look at both classic and the new stuff Um, I do that with my friend Tybee and Mm -hmm. it's really fun Um, but yeah all my shows and then I will say uh, lately what I've been listening to is audiobooks by Sarah Vowell 
Um, oh, okay, and yeah. I just listened to one. Uh, there's one that's really, really fun called Assassination Vacation. And it's her like touring around and visiting all these uh, historical locations, Sick. having to do anything with like the assassination of like McKinley and Lincoln and uh, not JFK. The other one that was like in the first 20 presidents, you know, but I can't remember. It's McKinley. Is it Grover Cleveland? Grover. I don't know. But anyways, so it's like really interesting because she visits like even the most minute like this mm-hmm. person who knew this person mm-hmm. lived here mm-hmm. kind of thing and what it really highlights is a lot of like the weird kind of intertwining of history yeah. and like you come to find out like robert todd lincoln was at mckinley's assassination and it's like this weird <laughs> kind of like yeah a lot of history it kind of weaves sneeze. back in and yeah and like there's one intro talking about um um, how Teddy Roosevelt was vice president and became president because of an assassination, which I never think about. Right. And it's a, like, there's a whole big section about talking about how he like was mountain climbing at the time. What? And like got the call the that fuck? the president had been shot and him like rushing back to like become president. Yeah, it's really, that really interesting. bananas. Yeah. She's amazing. She does some incredible work. I, I really love her. She's so enthusiastic and it's infectious. It's also really fun because her audiobooks, she gets like uh, actors to read the quotes. What? So, That's like, awesome. In, I love it. Is it assassinate? She hasn't called me. There's a book that she wrote called Lafayette and the Somewhat United States mm-hmm. where like Nick Offerman reads the, all the nice. Washington quotes oh. and like, um, I think it's Andy. Uh, no, who? It, but in it, John Slattery does a bunch of them, and mm. like John Hodgman reads in them. And so, like every so often, she'll be reading and just be like, "And Roosevelt said." And then you hear like the voice of like John Slattery. It's really, really That's cool. Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't have. Uh, I I love that a lot, and I think this is the first time anybody's plugged anything that is. Uh, literally an advertisement for somebody else's work and it works really well. So oh, I think we're going to make that a recurring segment because you did so well at that. And so I'm trying I'm to the, plug. There's a show on Max Fun called uh, International Waters where like they ask you to both plug yourself and then to like karmically balance it out by like <laughs> plugging somebody else. <laughs> I love that. So we're going to make that a recurring segment, which means that we'll do it once and maybe never again uh, because our podcast is very immune to recurring segments. I will plug myself. I'm Alice Wetterlin. I'm great. And um, I'm reading. So you want to talk about race by Gemma Olo and I'm not reading. I'm listening to the audiobook version um, read by this is really small written here, <laughs> Bonnie Turpin. And it is, it's great. Like I knew it was going to be good when I went into it. I knew that this book was going to be important. Um, and everybody was talking about it and how great it was, but it is exceeded my expectations. Um, Gemma Lowe's writing is awesome already. She's really funny. And she is really... also very nice. I met her in New York not too long ago and she is <sighs> super fun. My heart, my heart breaks. I love her. Um, but the book is written so, as so comprehensively and it really is like a kind, patient, primer on how to be like a good human being in today's society in which we're trying to be more aware of other people's experiences. And I just, I, I like, I, I appreciate, you can tell how much patience somebody has to have to write something like this and from their experience. And it's just like, it's just so well done and it's so interesting and also, you know, heartbreaking in, in parts, but, but like a really wonderful read. So I really recommend it um, uh, to white people. Just real quick, <laughs> just to really weirdly juxtapose that right now we're looking at the shot of 
okay, this is one of my favorite weird moments in this whole episode where they're looking at like where the dilithium crystals are and stuff. And Wes, it's 17 minutes in. Wes leans into it and rubs the side of it and says, the lining's still smooth. And I would, okay, wait. It looks like a little. Oh, wait, I, I want to hear him say it. The lining's still smooth. I want Jordy to lean back in and be like, we what? But it's such, I really do like the cinematography yeah. of the shot a lot because you're looking at it from inside the chamber out, yeah. which is really interesting. I just love Wes's line of like, the lining's still smooth. It's so like, is that important? Oh, wait, hold on. Is that important? The routing bypass I love here. whenever there's an idea introduced that Works. I've never heard before <laughs> yeah, in the show. It doesn't like, matter. The lining needs to be smooth for a door? Is that a thing? Now Worf's talking to the extra who got... Anywhere. Eat this. <laughs> Eat these noodles. <laughs> All right. Uh, Travis? Yes. It has been a pleasure. Hey, thank you. Thank you for being here. What? I don't know. I was just waiting to see if you had, like, some kind of sign-off phrase where you're like... Come back next week. Make it so. I really don't. Okay. I, you can I did use get that. distracted because my phone, my phone buzzed. Um, you've been a fantastic guest. You, you brought a lot of knowledge with you, which I really appreciate. Um, and I'm gonna check out Jane. Uh, I'm gonna check out Voyager even harder. That I was already gonna check it out because of what you said. Really give it a shot. I'm gonna really just give like it a hard the, shot. Just like uh, TNG, I think it takes like two seasons to find. Well, its I'm. Feet. I have time. Yeah, I really do now. <laughs> um, because I'm so alone. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for being here. Thank uh, you for having uh, me. Come back next time. Okay. And make it so. I did it. Yay! Thank you for helping me. You're welcome. It, I needed you today. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.